we're here and we're live. So how are we doing today, Shane? Oh, we're doing pretty good. How are you doing today, Robert? Oh, you know, just uh, ready to talk some football, you know? Yep. How about uh, the old Tim Tebow coming back? Yeah, I feel like that's, uh, you know, the biggest news of the day. Um, he signed a one-year deal to play tight end. Whether, you know, he'll make the roster or not, I don't know. But, you know, still a pretty big news regardless. What is he, 33, I think? Yeah, he's 33. Um, I believe that he should have just moved to tight end uh, to begin with. He probably could have had a pretty decent or even a good NFL career um, at tight end. You know, he had the athleticism. Um, and he was never going to be a good quarterback, in my own personal opinion. Um, I think most of the NFL saw that as well, considering, you know, he started one year and then he was gone pretty much from the league. Which it was kind of crazy because he went from one-year starter, got a playoff win, and they still, like, got rid of him. I like, I know Peyton Manning was coming in and all. But... Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to pass on Peyton Manning whenever uh, it was pretty uncertain with Tebow. I think his – if if you look at his career statistics, like throwing the football, he only completed like forty seven percent of his passes. So, yeah, I and, agree. But he was like the uh, fourth quarter comeback king, though. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much. Uh, he was bad for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter hit, and uh, he just turned into a hall of famer. But yeah, dude, I feel honestly, I feel like that's huge signing. Uh, down there in Jacksonville, because the yeah. leadership and just like his atmosphere, like his uh, personality in the locker room, I think is a good addition. Yeah, I think I think so as well. And on top of that, you know, you have the history with Urban Meyer at Florida, so I think that probably played a factor into it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely I think he makes the roster. Don't like. Who's the other tight ends on the Jags, Jaguars? I, I'm going to be honest. I, I cannot name you a Jaguars tight end off the top of my head. So, I think he has a good shot just because of his name. And the tight ends are not very well, like, good, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. But uh, hold on, I'm looking up something right here. They have two other tight ends right now on their roster. They have James O'Shaughnessy. Never okay. even heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That breaks it all now. And Tyler Davis. Don't even know who these guys are. Okay, so, I mean, at the worst, he's probably the tight end three. Yeah, tight end three. Signed to a league minimum contract. And you have an outstanding personality in the locker room. I don't think the Jaguars really have anything to lose. Yeah, I mean, at the top of that, his contract probably isn't, like, fully guaranteed. Um, if he ends up just being absolutely awful, he can't catch a football, which I highly doubt. Um, they could probably just cut him. It's, you know, there's nothing to lose, and I think a whole lot to gain, personally. So, dude, Tim Tebow, you're right. Five time pro, all pro, dude. It's coming. Five years in a row, bro. He's going to catch 1,500 yards this year, 18 touchdowns. He's going to go off. I don't know if he'll put up uh, Hall of Fame numbers. I don't know if he'll be up there with Travis, Travis Kelsey and uh, Gronk and them guys. But I think it's possible to see him over a thousand yards. That that might be so. Um, it depends. I guess it depends on how they use him and how this offense is going to work because we're not entirely sure. So obviously, you know, they're getting uh, a potential 
literal franchise changer, Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's pretty much considered the best prospect since Luck. Uh, maybe even since Elway, you could argue that he's a little better than Luck. So, and how about that running back core? They have two top tier running backs now. Yeah, because they, uh, yeah, they have, they have ETN and then James oh, Robinson. Then they also have Carlos Hyde, which is the third string. So he's not a bad third string guy either. Right. I don't know, dude. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in that division, I think, personally. Um, you look at the Colts, um, you're pretty much banking on Wentz to, you know, return to form, which I'm not sure if that'll happen or not. And then you have a lot of uncertainty in that team with left tackle. They signed Eric Fisher today, but he won't be back till October. Um, left tackle is the second most important position on offense. So when you have two question marks at quarterback and left tackle, that doesn't look very good. I know the Colts have a spectacular defense, but. Yeah, I mean. And then who knows what's going to happen with the Texans and Watson. So. Yeah, who knows? I think the Texans are going to be, they're doomed for a very long time in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree, especially um, with what's happening with Watson. I think this is almost like completely killed his trade value. I agree. Um, I mean, it, how many draft how many draft picks did they have this year? They didn't even have a number one. I know that. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have a number one because they traded for Larry Tunzel. Um, which I don't think I, they had a second like round pick trade. either. He's a good tackle. He's a good tackle. Yeah, I mean, I you know you got to protect. Uh, your franchise quarterback. I don't, I don't think that was a bad move to make. Bill O'Brien single-handedly killed that team for years. Yeah, I mean, you know, you trade away the biggest game-changer on the offensive side of the football, arguably, in Hopkins for a very washed-up running back. And what did they get, a second-round pick? You didn't even get a first-round pick for arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. I, I really don't think it's arguable. I think he's head and shoulders above everyone else. The only one close is probably Devontae Adams. Yeah, because – it seemed like this year was a very big step off on wide receiver. I mean, Julio Jones was pre- basically non-existent. Yeah, and he, he was either hurt or, you know, he was pretty much injured the whole year too. So, I mean, you had no Antonio Brown. He's over here trying to get his life back together, which seems like he's uh, he got himself a one-year deal in Tampa. He might return to form. Yeah, but um... – my opinion on that would be that his numbers aren't going to be as high because, you know, you're playing behind uh, Chris Godwin and Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Then that, they have three excellent tight ends that are down there in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, that, that team is just loaded on offense. I, you know. How about, uh, did you see DK Metcalf? Yeah, he um, ran like a like a 10-second 100-meter dash or something like that. Yeah, that was crazy like the amount that guy weighs it's just he ran a 10.37 seconds finished 15th out of 17th for the olympic tryouts yeah that's that's kind of crazy to me i think he i think he did it kind of as like you know maybe he just wanted to try it but uh the fact that you got a guy he's like what six four like 230 something like that yeah that's ridiculous like yeah just a literal freak of nature What's crazy is he went against 17 or what, what would it be? 16 of the, like these people, that's their career, dude. They run. Like that's their job. They're pro runners and he beat two guys. That's just insane to me. 
yeah, I mean, that's that's just raw talent. You know, you got guys that are, you know, that's what they're training for, and they aren't they're bulked up like DK Metcalf. So. So I mean that that to me is just absolutely crazy. I can I can't even kind of wrap my head around that. But I mean, he also ran like a like a four three forty a couple of years ago as well. So yeah, he's just to be that size and that fast is just it's astronomical. I didn't think that we've the only other player that can come to mind that even like scratches that or well he's better than that. I think in my personal opinion. I mean. Talk about Megatron, literally like just unstoppable. But I think Metcalf's right there with him. I have no idea. I have no idea what happened there. I got disconnected for a second. Okay. Um, I was talking about how um, DK Metcalf's probably the second best physical specimen we've seen at wide receiver. Um, the only one that I think is better is probably Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I agree with that. Just raw speed, athleticism, strength, uh, you know. Sometimes it's just kind of unfair for, like, you look at, like, a scrawny corner. How is the corner supposed to cover that guy? But Most of the time, they they don't. I got a real bad echo. I'm going to try to rejoin, right? Okay. How's that? I think that's better. I had two tabs jumping up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Okay. But okay, we're back. So, uh, how about apparently the whole Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos are going to still pursue him in a trade? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you look at logical landing spots, he, he requests, I, I think they're going to trade him out of conference. I don't see him, them trading him in to the NFC. The only NFC team that I think would really make sense to trade for him anyways would be, like, Washington. I think, but, yeah, Washington or I believe I believe Denver is the clear-cut choice. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have guys like – you have Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. You have a pretty good offensive line, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Um, and then you have a defense that, when healthy, is probably a top ten defense in the NFL. Yeah, imagine Jerry Judy going off with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he he wouldn't have Devontae Adams, but you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. You have a much deeper receiving core. You don't have Devontae Adams, but then on top of that, you have Noah Fant, who I think with Rodgers could be an absolute game changer. And that, but there's another like report that like the Raiders want him, and to me that just doesn't make a lot of sense, um, because what are you giving up? You're giving up Carr and picks when Derek Carr really isn't your issue in the first place, in my opinion. Your defense is terrible, and I think that that's what the Raiders need to focus on. Yeah, they need to get their defense built back. Don't forget about uh, the Broncos also have KJ Hamler. Yeah, yeah, KJ Hamler, and then Tim Patrick. That that offense has a lot of pieces on it, and that's why I think if any team was going to trade for him, it would be Denver. I think it just makes the most sense, and it would make passing on a quarterback look a lot better. I feel like if they 
they don't have a lot of faith in Drew Locke, in my opinion, and I don't see why you would. Yeah, I mean, they went out to get Teddy Bridgewater, which is basically, a, well, it's in his name, a bridge quarterback. Yeah. I feel like day one, week one, it might be Drew Locke starting, but Teddy Bridgewater will definitely be playing a, quite a few games, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, in that division, you have Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Drew Locke is not beating Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. No. <laughs> and Drew Locke is not beating Justin Herbert in a shootout. I mean, you have you have clear-cut, like not even close, the worst quarterbacking in the division. And they they finished what last year? 6-10 uh, and 10 or 5-11, and 11, something like that? Yeah, I think Drew Locke... His time has sailed. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Teddy Bridgewater has had like uh, pretty decent games where he could get into shootouts, but he's not the guy either. Right, and I mean that—that's just the thing is uh, they have they have good pieces on defense. Von Miller's coming back, and then they have you know Bradley Chubb's a good player. Justin Simmons is a good player. Their secondary is looking really good with Kyle Fuller, and then. On the other side, you're going to have the rookie Sertain. You have Bryce Callahan in the slot. That's a good team. Like They have a good roster, and they were just really hindered last year by just awful quarterback play. I think – I don't know many quarterbacks worse than Drew Locke last year. Yeah, I mean, if they can't get Rodgers, they have to go with Teddy Bridgewater. I, I agree with that. Otherwise, you know. Like, um, at least Teddy Bridgewater can give you a fluke win here and there. And keep you competitive. I agree with that as well because I don't. I don't see. I don't see Drew Lockett any better. And once once teams kind of have tape on a guy, you know, like last year, he was his first like four years of starter. I know he missed a few games due to injury, or either that or he got benched. But you know, once these teams have like a whole year of tape on you, it's a lot different than a guy coming in and starting like after a few games or something, you know, it, it's a lot different and it's a lot harder. So I'm interested to see what the giants do this year. I mean, in my opinion, um, if Daniel Jones can come back on the turnovers, I think that they'll run away with that division because it's not very good. Um, the Cowboys, in my opinion, had a bad draft. I like Micah Parsons, but, when you look at that defense, the linebackers were like the only, you know, like salvageable part about that. You know, unfortunately, they couldn't get J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain because they were taken right under their nose. But I mean, they took they took a linebacker with their top two picks, and they, you know, you have Leighton Vander Esch, who's you know he's not great, but he's pretty good, and then Jalen Smith is a pretty decent linebacker as well. I I just kind of don't get it. I understand you want to take defense, but they have a lot of holes on that defensive side, and it's it's bad. I think they have one of the worst defenses in the league. I agree. I mean, yeah, they're linebacking core, but how about their safeties? And They, they don't really have anything else to help them out. Right. So, you know, you take a linebacker with your top two picks, that's kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know about that, you know. I think that they had a pretty rough draft. Uh, we'll see, though. You know, it's it's tough to say. You know, I like Micah Parsons a lot, and I think he'll be a good player. He had a few red flags, though, like maturity issues, so who knows. But 
Yeah, I guess only time will tell, but I don't – I mean, their offense is good. But that's about it. Like, <laughs> even their yeah, offensive I mean, line's a little sketchy. Yeah, I mean, they had a few injuries last year. Obviously, Travis Frederick retired, so, you know, you don't have arguably the best center in the league anymore. You still have Zach Martin. Tyron Smith is good. Um I think their offensive line is good. It's, you know, it's definitely upper end, but there's a few little holes on that. And then, I mean, there's not much bad you can say about the Cowboys offense. You know, Dak, Zeke, Cooper, you know, C.D. Lamb. That, that's, that's a good group of guys. But when you look at the other side of the ball, you know, it's it's rough. And I think that's a big reason why they struggled a lot last year. Granted, Dak was out for most of the year, but they were still putting up points. How about Justin Fields to Chicago? Yeah, I mean, as as a Bears fan, um, I, I really couldn't be more excited. I think that they, you know, that, that in my opinion, is the most talented player that they've drafted at that position, maybe in the history of the franchise. I definitely think it gives uh, – they actually have an actual shot at making that guy good. I mean – all the Bear fans seem to be behind it. I mean, that's their – the fans actually like that pick, you know? Right. And, I mean, you got this mantra of, you know, terrible Bears quarterbacks and terrible Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. And maybe Fields is just the breaker to both. You know, he's the he's the, <laughs> he's the the deal breaker, you know? So, we'll, we'll see. Um I personally love the pick. I think that he is the guy, and I couldn't be more excited. I mean, as you as I look down the Bears' offense, they don't look that bad either. I mean, you have David Montgomery, which turns out to be, in my opinion, a fantastic running back. Do they uh, do they retain Allen Robinson? Yeah, Allen Robinson, and then um, Darnell yeah. Mooney. Yeah, Darnell Mooney, I think. Um, is going to have a much better year this year. Uh, you know, if you watch a lot of tape from last year, uh, you just had Trubisky or Foles or whoever was playing just flat out missing them. And, I, I, you know, I don't think there's much more thing – there's much more frustrating things for a wide receiver than a quarterback just flat out missing. So. I definitely see the Bears have- – if Justin Fields comes out, plays good, I think Andy Dalton will get to start week one, in my opinion. But I see Justin Fields is hitting the field by week four or five. Yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends on when he's ready. And, you know, if Dalton's winning games, then, you know, who's to say Fields is just off the books this year entirely? You know, it's certainly if Aaron Rodgers is traded, uh, I believe this division's up for grabs. And, um, with the Lions kind of entering a rebuild. And then you have, you know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty with Jordan Love, but we'll touch on that in a minute. And then the Vikings roster is, is very talented. Um, they had a very rough defense last year, though, and that's kind of what hindered them. So, in my opinion, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, this division is very much up for the grabs. Either the Bears or the Vikings could take it. I, mean, I don't know about Green Bay. Andy Dalton just needs to put up 21 points and not turn the ball over, and the Bears should win with that defense. 
Yeah, that's another thing too is, you know, the new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, there's a lot of – obviously they lost Kyle Fuller. I think that that's a big loss. You know, he's one of the best corners in the NFL in my opinion. But we'll, we'll see how much that affects, you know, the secondary and how this new defensive coordinator fares. We'll figure it all out. I think they're in very good shape, especially with the whole Jordan Love situation there in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it, reports are coming out. They are not too happy with what they got out of Jordan Love. I hear reports that they are a very long way to a go in his development. Um, I think that's part part of the reason why the Packers don't really want to get rid of Rodgers. I mean. As a first-round talent, Jordan Love should be ready to go here two or three years. I mean, if he's that long to go, what are we talking about here, five or six years? I mean, yeah, I mean, your first-round pick, you should be ready to go here two to three years. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, especially um, I, in my own personal opinion, I believe the Chiefs looked at when they took Mahomes, they said, well, this might take two to three years. And then they got something out of him, you know, either mid-season or by the end of the season, because obviously, you know, he ended up starting like the last week of his rookie year. Um, he played very well, but that last week of his rookie year, he uh, he only got the start because the Chiefs had already secured a playoff spot, and they couldn't move up or down in seeding. But I believe that when they took him, it was they, they kind of looked at it as like, hey, this is a two-year, two- to three-year thing, because we got Alex Smith under contract for like another couple of years, I think he was under. So... I think the Packers looked at the same thing with that with Jordan Love, but here's the thing: if if you went to Rodgers and talked to him about it, in my opinion, I think that this situation's a lot different. But you take a mid round project quarterback in the first round, you, you you massively reach for him, in my in my opinion. And most experts, if you look at look at mock drafts or anything, they would agree with that. And especially when you have a Super Bowl caliber team, right? Right. Already, you, you're you one year pieces. You're one year removed from the NFC Championship, okay? And Rogers was, you know, Rogers' stats were still very good even the year prior. They just made the NFC Championship game, and he threw 26 touchdowns and four interceptions. Okay, which by Aaron Rodgers' terms, that's not great, but that's still a very good quarterback. You know, that's like six touchdowns to one interception. There's not many quarterbacks in the NFL that do that. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over. So they had they had two choices. They either they either say, hey, you know, we're prepping for the future, or we, we go all in and win this now. And in my opinion, I think that the Packers conservative like style has maybe cost them a few Super Bowls because they've been focused so long for just being a good team and not a great team. You look at Tampa Bay, they make aggressive moves. Last season, offseason, they go 7-9 and nine with James Winston. And then, obviously, you know, picking up Tom Brady, that's that's a big thing. But then you pick up Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. But I think that that's the one thing that has hindered Green Bay from a lot of success is they don't make these aggressive moves. They just sit back and... You know, you, you, the fact that, that you can go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, that's like, how I don't know how long uh, Brett Favre started in Green Bay. 
it was over 10 years, I would guess. So you got, and then Eric Rodgers has been the starter for a, a decade as well, a little bit over than that. So you probably got like 25 years of quarterbacking there, Hall of Fame quarterbacking, and you got two Super Bowls to show for it. Is that not like kind of embarrassing? I totally agree. I mean, like you said, two Super Bowls in all that years, and you have a guy, Aaron Rodgers, is chucking more touchdowns than Brett Favre, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that Rodgers is more talented than Favre, and you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. But you, you go from you have two top ten quarterbacks of all time. You go back to back. I don't know if any other team in history has done that. He I mean, played 16 seasons, Brett Favre, for Green Bay. Okay. And Rodgers has started – I think Rodgers started his first year. Yeah, but he didn't start till 2008, I don't believe, or 09. It was either 08 or 09. Um, 08 was his first full year. Okay. So 2008 to 2021, that is 13 years. So we're talking almost 30 years of quarterbacking, of Hall of Fame quarterbacking, and you got two Super Bowls. It's just even like I don't even know what to even say about that. I mean, I mean the Giants won two with Eli Manning, and granted, Eli Manning, I, I in my own personal opinion, he he's a good quarterback. I don't believe he's great, and. He, he won two in, for the Giants. He played on some pretty bad teams, though, too, obviously. But to me, you, you just look at that and you go, how? Like, if I were just tell you, hey, this team went had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, like not a gap in between. There was just back-to-back, and they only won two Super Bowls. You'd be like, that's a failure. Me, personally, I don't think Rodgers is going to get another ring unless he leaves. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Um, in my own, maybe in my just personal opinion, I think last year might have been his last chance because the NFC is just constantly getting better. And this past off season, the Packers lost. You know, their starting center, um, bringing Jones back was obviously a pretty big move. But me, I didn't like the like. How can you not? Okay, so rumor has it that Aaron Rodgers is pissed off at your organization. So you go out and drop defense. Like, I just don't understand it. Yeah, and the corner that they took was the number two corner at Georgia. It's just like, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for being mad. Like, right. They, like, they apparently don't, like, are behind you. And I totally believe if Jordan Love was closer to be ready to start, Aaron Rodgers would have had been dealt on draft night. I believe that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And I mean, if, if you're Green Bay right now and you trade him to Denver too, this is another thing we can talk about, is that you could get Teddy Bridgewater back in return. I'm sure they just give him to you basically as a throw-in. Yeah. So then what do you do? Do you just run with Teddy Bridgewater? You have this... Right now they have a championship caliber roster. I mean, you, you make the NFC championship game, you're, you're a championship caliber team. And you're just going to, like, throw that away because – throw that away with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's not winning you a Super Bowl. No, like, he's a bridge quarterback. It's in his name. 
so but also they would have been in the Super Bowl the Packers if it wasn't their terrible coaching decision also yeah I mean you give Tom Brady back the ball I, a, a terrible decision I mean god awful but I'm looking at the roster right here their top three wide receivers are Devontae Adams, outstanding wide receiver, Alan Lazard, and Marquise Valdez Scantlin, or whatever how how you say his name. Yeah, I mean a number two wide receiver on this team would absolutely it would change change their offense. I mean it did, they had the best offense in the league last year, but like I was alluding to, that great teams make these aggressive moves. If you want to keep up with Tampa Bay, who's got Two all pro wide receivers. They have an all pro tight end, a good offensive line. Good you could backs. argue three all pros on the yeah, receiving all, core. <laughs> like, well, I, I don't know. Has Godwin been an all pro? I'm not entirely sure. I know Mike Evans has. Um, I'm not sure, but he's not very far away. Right. I mean, he's, he's, he, you could say they have, they definitely have two top 10 wide receivers. And, you know, Antonio Brown still is probably in the top 20 or top 15. Maybe. I agree. I mean, Antonio Brown, I still think he has a chip on his shoulder about the whole uh, debacle with him. Right. And, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm not never going to root for someone to fail. So, you know, if he can work his stuff out and, you know, become a better person and, you know, translate that on a football field, I think that that's a great thing. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the Packers' time to win a Super Bowl has passed. With this yeah, draft this year, well, I, I think especially because right now, you know, if Rodgers leaves, you're done. In my opinion, I think at that point, their championship hopes are done because Jordan Love's not ready. I mean, Jordan Love couldn't beat out an undrafted player. He's in the second year. Tim Boyle last year was his second season. He was an undrafted free agent, and a quarterback you took in the first round couldn't beat him out for the backups. I mean, and then I know what the Packers fans are probably thinking right now. We we got uh, St. Brown and Amari Rogers. I'm like, yeah, those guys might be good, but they're not a number two. They're not right. number they, three receivers. Right. They they need they they absolutely need a number two. And I just I just don't think that they made that aggressive of a move. And it, here's the thing: you tell you get Rogers a number two. You know, I whoever it is. You know, I don't know. Either you trade for him, you sign him, something. And you tell them, look, we know you're not happy. We got you this number two. Just write it. You know, you just convince them to write it out for one more year. And then if he's not happy, then you trade him. You know, if it doesn't work. But they didn't do that. I feel and, like he's jealous of Tom Brady, what he got. Well, I mean, that's probably too as well. I, you know. I would be too. Like, uh, he's, I don't blame him. I'd be jealous too. I mean. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They de- pretty much devoted everything yeah, to Brady for at least. Because let's be honest. Once Brady go- is gone, everybody else is leaving too. Well, yeah. I mean, on top of that too, you got to, you know, Gronk's pretty old. I think, you know, he came out of retirement. I think that he only came back because he wanted to play with Tom Brady, you know. And then you have reports that Julian Edelman might be joining the show down there in Tampa. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised at that, but I don't really see it happening. And, you know, 
because he ended up having to retire because of an injury or something or something like that, right? He like failed a physical. But I could also see him going down there. You, I mean, let's be honest; they don't really need him. Maybe play like a few snaps, five snaps a game. I mean, I don't see him being on the field all that often. He might just be riding the bench to get a ring. You know what I mean? As a... But on top of that, you know, he brings that leadership and that championship pedigree from New England. So, and he's good friends with Brady. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. I don't know. You know, I mean, at the best, he's the fourth best wide receiver on the team. He's probably not going to get much play time. Well, actually, probably fifth because you have Scotty Miller, too. That wide receiver core is literally loaded. I don't even think it's close. Like, they are far and ahead of everyone else. Yeah, I mean, like, worst case scenario, bring Jolie Edelman in. He's like fifth or sixth string wide receiver. Maybe catches 20 balls a season. That's even if he plays. They might just keep him on the bench just to hang out. Yep, just pay him to be a leader in the locker room. Basically, he's another coach. <laughs> I mean, kind of like, am I, kind of like what Jaguars are doing with Tim Tebow, in my opinion. I mean, just to like just have that presence in the locker room makes everybody else want to go drive like better, you know. But yeah, hundred percent. How about the Steelers offseason moves? You know, I, I think the Steelers are a pretty interesting team heading in to next year because a lot of people expected them to maybe maybe geez, sorry, maybe move off of Ben Roethlisberger. Which Roethlisberger didn't have a bad season. I think he threw like thirty he threw over thirty touchdowns on like ten interceptions. Thirty three touchdowns, ten picks. Right, so I don't I don't think that that's a bad move. I think a lot of that, a lot of his, you know, like errors. Obviously, he's getting old. I don't think many people, including myself as a Steeler fan, I don't like the salary hit. Right, uh, I mean, that that's something. But if you look at uh, cap space for next year, I believe the Steelers have the most cap space out of any team. So you bring back Ben for this is probably his last year. I mean. In my opinion, I don't know if Ben would have came back if he didn't. He threw like five interceptions in that playoff game against the Browns or something. So maybe if he ended up like having a better game, maybe he would have just called it. But I don't think, you know, you just look at Benny, you know, he's a competitor, and I don't think he wanted to go out like that. And, you know, he's not Drew Brees. He's not like 42 years old. So. Yeah, he still has, his arm still has a little bit of life left in it. I mean,. I think you could have seen it whenever Peyton Manning's arm dropped off and Drew Brees' arm. Like, once you get hit a certain age, your arm just drops right off and your ba- career's basically over with. And I, I think the injuries have lost playing that with Ben. I mean, Ben got banged up a lot. Yeah, because they had, like, no offensive line for most of his career. Yeah, I mean... Just, recent, just recently, they got an offensive line for him. I mean, within the last six or seven years. Basically, whenever Pouncey came in, they kind of got a line formed around him finally. Yeah, because then you had Pouncey, uh, DeCastro, and Gilbert when he was healthy was a good player. I mean, as I'm looking at the Steelers' offensive line, I mean, they have all-pro David DeCastro. Then that's, like, basically about it. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah the Steelers do have, have a rough offensive line. 
And, you know, maybe a lot of that will be answered in next offseason. Um, especially because the AFC North is going to be very competitive this year. Um, I mean, a lot of people expect the Browns to take a big leap. And it seems to find that the Ravens seem to always find a way to, you know, win 10 games. So, but we'll see. I mean, the Steelers still have arguably the best defense in the league. And... Yeah, I mean, they didn't really lose much. I mean, yeah, Bud Dupree, but like Alex Highsmith was running. He was playing outstanding, in my opinion, last year. Right, and then you have, you have, in my opinion, I think he was robbed, the defensive player of the year in T.J. Watt. And then you have one of the best safeties in the league in Fitzpatrick. Corners could be a little shaky, but a lot of that can be alleviated with a good pass rush. So I don't think there's any reason to panic, especially I mean, with the Steelers' pass rush. Their top two corners are Joe Hayden and Cameron Sutton. I mean, I, uh, they did lose that one guy this year. Steven Nelson, right? Yeah, Steven Nelson. But, like, Hayden and Sutton were the top two guys playing on the field anyway, majority of the snaps. Then you have uh, Justin Lane, which he just caught a firearm charge, so hopefully he doesn't get suspended, but we'll see how he plays out. But they're not that bad. Like, they actually have some depth back behind their uh, linebackers. I mean, I don't think they're in that bad of shape. And then, yeah, I mean, Terrell Edmonds is a pretty good player. And then you have, uh, I mean, you have Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt on the D line. So. Then that's that Tyson Alula guy, he's pretty decent. Right. Yeah. You have, you have, I don't think anyone's questioning the Steelers' defense. It's what what can they do on offense? Can they protect Ben? I think you'll see a lot of this year. You'll see a lot of Najee Harris. I think that he's going to be a huge part of the offense. Which that's what the Steelers needed last year. Because, like you said, Ben is getting old. That's what they needed last year to help get the pressure off Ben and not let him throw it 40 times a game. I mean, the guy's old. <laughs> I mean, if they had a rushing attack, I feel like they might beat the Browns last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, if you, they if, did start turning it around a little bit in the third and fourth quarter last year in that playoff game. I mean, they were down. I forget how many points they were down, but they uh, they ended up like coming back pretty decently. I mean, th- 48-37 after getting blown out. They I mean. That's a eleven point difference, but right. And I mean, if you have if you have a good defense and you can pound the ball, and I mean the Steelers have good wide receivers: Johnson, Washington, Claypool, Juju, and then I believe they still have Eric Ebron at tight end, and they picked a tight end out of Penn State, right? Yeah, Pat Fryermuth or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they have weapons. I mean, they really have a bunch of weapons, just that offensive line's kind of sketchy. Right, but if you if you can, you know, take that pressure off Ben, you can run the ball, short drops, play action, stuff like that, just to get the pressure off him to where, you know, he's not he's not chucking the ball a bunch. And, you know, your defense is going to do the job on the other side of the football. You know, no one's going to question that. So, I mean, I feel like their caliber of players on the offensive line this year I feel like they're enough to get by because the Steelers did sub in their offensive offensive line guys all the time. And some of those guys have playing time. I mean, except for that Kendrick Green they drafted this year. I mean, everybody else kind of has playing time, you know? 
not a starter, but just like fill in like every few snaps, you know? Right. And I mean, you know, Villanueva left, but if you see a lot of Steelers fans, you know, they'll kind of tell you like he wasn't very good last year. So I don't think they're really, you know, more. I mean, he had like he's two gone. good seasons. Right. So, exactly. I mean, I, I don't think that that's a massive loss, in my opinion, you know? Um, obviously, left tackle is very important. We touched on that earlier, but if you can just take the pressure off Ben, I think I think this team will be fine. Um, and you know, Ben can bribe this last swan song season, and hopefully, you know, the Steelers make the playoffs because you know he's been, you know, a tremendous quarterback for the past uh, like fifteen or so seasons that he started. It's hard to tell. I mean, by playoff time, who knows? If Patrick Mahomes goes down, that's basically AFC's wide open. Right. Well, I yeah, I mean, I think that the, the Chiefs basically revamped their whole offensive line. Um, you know, you bring in Orlando Brown in trade, which is a good trade in my opinion. There's your left tackle. And then you bring in Joe Tooney, Kyle Long. and Which something. Kyle Long very underrated in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously he's a Bears fan. Um, I'm going to be a part-time Chiefs fan next year, too, probably, because I would love to see Kyle Long win a ring. But in the draft, you pick up Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. So there's your center. You have your guards lined up. And obviously, you have uh, their guards that they had last year that opted out because of COVID. Uh, Deverne Tardif, I believe his name is. Yeah, which he's a doctor, actually. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, a doctor. Yeah, I think that that's probably a big reason why I opted out, I think, was because he wanted to help with the pandemic and whatnot. And then uh, Mike Remmers is returning. Obviously, he's on the right side. Who, on the right side, he was a good player until they switched him to the left when Eric Fisher went down, and that whole offensive line collapsed. And did, the Chiefs, saw... did the Chiefs end up getting a new punter ever since his collapse in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know if they ended up getting a new punter or not, that's but that, that punter threw some bad punts in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I think he's still on the team. Tommy Townsend? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, he's still on the team, but, like, uh, he, yeah, that's yeah. what kid fell apart, dude. He was choking hardcore. Yeah, I mean, probably pretty nervous guy. I mean, look at the receiving core for the Chiefs. It's absolutely stacked. I mean, they have Tajay Sharp, which he was pretty – I mean – I know he didn't get much playing time there, and uh, did he get any playing time? I don't know. I don't know. He he had like a good rookie year in for the Tennessee. Titans, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if he's done really much since then, but yeah, I don't mean he has zero stats for twenty twenty, but I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, not get five twenty two, three sixteen, three twenty nine. Was his uh, 16, 18, 19. Then he right. had. So he can be a productive yards. depth player for sure. Zero yards last year for Minnesota. Well, I mean, it's pretty hard to get playtime in Minnesota at wide receiver two when behind, you're behind Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So. They played four games, three targets. But I feel like he could be decent too. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like. Receiver, you can go, you can always get a good receiver somewhere, right? I mean, unless like you need clear cut guys. I mean, if you have a number one and a number two, I mean number three, it, it's pretty easy to come by. 
But uh, I'm interested to see if uh, Jarek McKinnon gets any playing time this year. I mean, he seemed like he was doing outstanding. Then he had the ACL injury, and he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Where did he? Uh, where did he sign? He signed with the Chiefs. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, you have Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who, who ended up getting injured as well, I think. But he was having a really good rookie year. I mean, that that offense is loaded. I don't think anyone's questioning that. And they fixed their offensive line. They have depth. So even if, you know, someone goes down, they, you know, they can handle that, just like yeah. last year. Uh, which on they depth depth chart, unlike they, last year. If depth chart, they have Kyle Long as a backup guard. Yeah, which I think is probably where it will be. Let's be honest. If you have Kyle Long as a backup guard, you're sitting pretty good for your right. offensive yeah. line. Yeah, the only thing that he struggled with is, like, last year's Mary was staying healthy. So if he's playing limited snaps, you know, there's less time for him to get injured. And, you know, he, took a, he took a year off, too. You know, like, his, he got maybe he got his body right. So I'll be rooting for Kyle Long. I mean, even if he's injured, even if he has, was injury-prone, Backup is outstanding job for you, even if you're injury prone. Yeah, I, I agree. And he obviously chose a fantastic number, uh, 69. So we'll be rooting for that as well. That is true. <laughs> I can't, don't, don't know. know about this Ravens, dude. I mean, I feel like they did not pick. I don't know about their offensive line, dude. Yeah, I, I think that, the, you know, obviously Ronnie Stanley's coming back. Um, is Villanueva going to be your right tackle? Um, they ended up getting Kevin Zeitler, I think. So that helps a little bit. But Orlando Brown's a huge loss. I don't think that you can, you know. Is that obviously... the guy that played up there in uh, New York for the Giants? Yeah, so... Zeitler. They picked him up. Which he didn't, like, I don't know. Like, the Giants games I've watched, he ended up, like, he was not the guy. It didn't come from New England originally, correct? No, he was on, uh, I think he went, he started his career in Cincinnati. And then he signed in Cleveland. And then Cleveland traded him to the Giants for Olivier Vernon. I'm thinking of Nate Solder, I believe. Yeah, Nate Solder, yeah. Which he he did not do very well in New York. No, he, he signed that massive deal. He's just robbing them of money. That owner is just getting, like, literally robbed. That's who I was thinking of. Because I know they're not too happy with them with him. Well, yeah, I think he got, like, a $20 million a year contract. And uh, he didn't even play that much last year. So... How about oh I forgot to how about the uh, Kyle Rudolph going there to New York Giants? Right, I like that move. Um, I think that here's the thing: if you look at Daniel Jones' numbers, he turns the ball over like more than any quarterback in the league. So I think that this year is the make, that make it or break it year for him. You know, they got him Kenny Galladay, they drafted Kadarius Tony in the first. You get Kyle Rudolph as like your second, you know. Like possession tight end because you have Evan Ingram. Listen to this receiving court for the Giants: Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Tony. I mean, that's yeah. pretty damn good. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's a good top four. And then obviously, um, they know, have hopefully... Dante Pettis back there too. John Ross. I mean, they have extremely good depth, in my well, opinion. Well, I, I would hope that, you know, Saquon can come back from that injury and stay healthy again, too. Yeah, that's, um, that's the big thing. I mean, Jones really didn't have much time to play with Saquon. I mean, he's always injured. Then it's like, who the hell, they really don't have another running back. Right. You know, it's it's tough to say. And all that weight's on his shoulders to make the plays at that point. Like, you don't have a running back to help you out. 
But I don't know. I see if the Giants don't win the division, I'm going to say it's a very disappointing year. But what do you think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to do there in uh, Washington? I think Washington's an interesting team because they have a, a very talented defense. I mean, they have the best defensive line in football. You know, you go Chase Young, Darren Payne, Matt Iadonis, uh, what's his name? Allen, Jonathan Allen, and then Montez Sweat on the other side. That That's loaded. That is the best defensive line in football. Linebackers are a little shaky, but then you have Kendall Fuller and Landy Collins in your secondary. That, that's a g- very good defense. And then, you know, you have, you have uh, Terry McLaurin, who's one of the best receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. And then Antonio Gibson was the running back. Last year he was rookie, I believe. He had a good year. And they have that JD guy, which is a good number two. I mean, they have they have two running backs there. I mean, and then they they signed Curtis Samuel too, I believe. Yeah. So let's see here. You got Fitzpatrick under center, Gibson, that JD guy, Terry McLaren, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Logan Thomas. I mean, that's, that's not too bad of a. They uh, offense, but I think Ian Fitzpatrick has been like the only quarterback to start like ten seasons, or like you know start like the majority of games in the ten season and never make the playoffs. So I mean he's a journeyman, you know. I think that he's just a plug and play for them this year. I mean they went seven and nine last year, won the division. Obviously, you know you can't really celebrate a seven and nine division win that much. Obviously, you went to the playoffs, but. This is his last chance, though. Like, but uh, this is his last chance as starter. I mean, but I mean, they went seven to nine with pretty bad quarterback play. Um, Alex Smith was, you know, obviously, you know, hats off to him for coming back and with that injury and everything. But if you look at his stats last year, he was pretty rough. I mean, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He he had a he had a pretty rough year. I mean, they they made the playoffs with bad quarterback play, so. I don't know if you can do that again, but if Fitzpatrick can be decent, who knows? I see Fitzpatrick. I mean, as much as I read for the guy, I love the guy. Let's be honest. Anytime he's named starter, he always ends up choking, and he sucks. Right. Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter by season's end. Yeah, I mean, I can see that for sure, because he, he was the starter in the playoff game, right? He actually played pretty decent. Yeah, and then they have Kyle Allen. Like, well, don't forget him. He was the starter for the Panthers not too long ago. Remember him? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, that, that division is very much up for grabs. Um, the only team I don't really see winning that is the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to have a really rough year. Yeah, the Eagles are, well, I'd say, probably five years away from being even in contention of making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean – you look at they were three and twelve and one last year, I think. And who the hell knows about Jalen Hurts? I mean Yeah, yeah. I mean he, he he a lot of plays last year, he did not look very good. Yeah, um, he was obviously a better option than Wentz. Wentz had a really bad year for whatever reason. I'm not sure whether it was the confidence issue or you know, he just didn't want to be there anymore. Who knows? But uh I I just I don't think that Hurts is very good. I don't think that he's the answer. Uh, obviously, you know, they got 
uh, Devonta Smith, the last year's Heisman winner in the draft. You know, who knows? But I, I just see the Eagles being one of the worst teams in the league. I think that they are probably the worst team in the NFC this year. I agree. I'm even looking at what they have on defense there. I mean, they got... Yeah, their their defense is not very good either, Fletcher obviously. Cox, which is mm-hmm. basically older than hell. I mean... Yeah, he's old. Very good player still, but... They have Javon Hargrave, which hasn't been good since he's been in Pittsburgh. In my opinion. I mean, he, I haven't really heard of his name since he left, you know? Anywhere in the league. Um, Brandon Graham... Another just old veteran, you know, past his prime. Darius Slay. And that's about all the names I recognize that are kind of decent. <laughs> well, they have Derek Barnett. He was the guy that yeah, covered Derek the Barnett. fumble in the Super Bowl. But other than that, he's just been, eh, he's been okay. Yeah, really hasn't done anything. And you got, dude, you know, shaky don't linebackers. Don't forget, dude, they have Jalen Rieger, dude. Yeah. I, here's, here's the thing about the Eagles is – they just cannot draft a wide receiver. They passed over DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, I believe, too. I think they passed up on both of those guys. I could be wrong on that. I know for sure they passed on Metcalf, but it might be Brown, too. I'm not entirely sure. But they passed up on DK Metcalf for JJ Arkega Whiteside. And I don't even know if he's caught 10 passes in the NFL. <laughs> um, On here, they have. It's not good whenever you're on the third of the wide receivers. I mean, he might be, like, second to last on their roster. Yeah, and then, I mean, Rieger over Jefferson, that's that's a head-scratcher. Yeah, they have Jalen Rieger, Devontae Smith. Which, let's be honest, that's probably going to be the new number one there in Philly. I mean, Jalen Rieger might break out to be a good number two receiver. I mean, we'll, we'll give him some time. But they don't really have much else, like Greg Ward. I mean, yeah, and I mean, I I think that they're basically telling Zach Ertz that they're going to trade him, but nobody's calling them about. It. You know, they were asking for at least like a fourth round pick or something. Like, yeah, nobody wants Zach Ertz, dude. I mean, he's old, and I, I mean, I think that he could be a good team on like you know, let's say the Bills. I think the Bills could use like another tight end. But yeah, but he's not going to be. He's not like yeah, but with the cap hit. And you know, giving up draft capital. He's going. I, to, he has to go to a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not going to build a team around Zach Ertz. I mean, he's getting old. Isn't he kind of delicate too? Hasn't didn't he get hurt or no? Yeah, I think he he definitely has some injury history. I don't know if he's been hurt recently, but but I'm trying to think what else here is in the news. We kind of went off on a rant on other people's teams. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trying to see what else is new. And Tiba is dominating the uh, headlines here. Yeah, he's he's probably going to for a while. But yeah, like back to the Carson Wentz in uh, Indy. I mean, if Carson Wentz returns to form, that might be one of the smartest moves ever. Yeah, I mean, you didn't really give up that much. Um, oh, here's a little bit of news. Five hours ago, Chad Kelly is going to be working out for the Packers. 
Okay. So they need they need a. Is he going to be out during Love and training camp too? Um, not sure. <laughs> the Packers are to try out QBs Chad Kelly and Kurt Ben Kirk Kurt at rookie minicamp. Dude, who knows there, Green Bay. Chad Kelly might be your franchise guy coming in. I mean, he's going to be better than Jordan Love. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Colts sign Pro Bowl left tackle Eric Fisher. Yeah, I I mentioned that earlier. Um, I didn't even realize it. I just saw that now. (laughs) He won't be, uh, like, he won't be able to play until October or something. So he's going to miss, like, the first four weeks of the season. Did you see the sad news from yesterday? Uh, Tariq Cohen's brother died, his twin brother. Yeah, I did see that. that that's a shame. And, you know, prayers out to, to Tariq, I hope, you know. You know, I just hope that his family's staying strong. Obviously, it's not, you know, not easy to lose a loved one, especially like that, so. But what what is your opinion of the steal of the draft first round? From the uh, NFL I, I think it's obvious, and it's a pick in the top ten. It was Penny Sewell falling to the Lions at seven. Um, I, I think that he's the best tackle in the draft, best offensive lineman. And when it comes to building a team, you're you know you have the Lions who have Frank Ragnow, who's a very good center in my opinion. And then you just signed Taylor Decker, so a lot of people would go, "Oh, you know, like this isn't you know, you know maybe this isn't the right pick, but." If you have two solid tackles and a good center in this league, I think that, that that's a big thing, obviously, because Jared Goff's not their future. I believe he's there for this year, and next year they can cut him at almost no hit to the cap. So I think that Jared Goff is only here for this year, and he was just a throw-in for the Safford trade to get them under the cap, the Rams under the cap so that they could complete the trade. And to get a few draft picks. Yeah, get a few extra draft picks. So... But I guess it all depends. Maybe if golf plays good, maybe they go, hey, we know Jared's not our future, but we could take a quarterback in next year's draft, and he can sit behind Jared. You know, Jared can be our bridge. So I, I think the Lions made some good moves this offseason. And I think that they got the best player in the draft, for maybe the team, second. For the team trying to, like, rebuild here, I definitely believe that the Lions did almost. I'd grade them A. Yeah, they, they have that a would very be my grade draft. for them this offseason. I mean, let's be honest. You're not trying to go out there and win the Super Bowl. You pretty much got your left tackle position for about 10 to 15 years in mm-hmm. Seoul. I mean, you got a bunch of picks, draft capital. Um, I mean, I, I think they did. I think Brad Holmes did an excellent job this offseason. Yeah, they. I mean, obviously they lost wide receiver talent. They lost Holiday, which is you know big, but you still have big. Uh, but like you are in the middle of rebuilding. I mean, you can just still be like, ah, eh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard, you know. Like, and the Lions still have some pretty good young pieces on their defense. Um, they took Okuda last year, third overall. Um, he missed a lot of time because of injuries, but we'll see how he pans out. And then you have uh, Deshaun Hand, who's a good player. Um, so, I mean, they, they have some pieces on this team, and they have draft picks. Obviously, uh, the Lions aren't as historically good franchise, 
but all that can turn around. I mean, we look at the Browns. I mean, the Browns can if the Browns can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, and I do believe that. I don't. Know, I believe that the leadership in Detroit is what they need. I mean, let's be honest. I I was a fan of Matt Patricia, but that is not the guy they need. I mean, but speaking of the Browns, I actually think they got one of the. I definitely believe Sewell is the top, but close second, dude. I believe it was the Newsom, Greg Newsom draft. I believe he was a steal, too. Yeah, I mean, the Browns got him at 26. And then, I mean, the Browns had a really good draft because then they ended up getting uh, uh, Jeremiah Osukoromo from Notre Dame at 52, who was originally projected to go to them in, like, round one to yep, begin which, with. Which, if you look, I'm up here on the Browns depth chart, which they have him projected starter. Yeah, I, I believe he'll what start. a steal. Like, you got a starter on defense, which your defense is good to begin with. Right. I mean, you have Miles Garrett. You bring in Jadavian Clowney. I think they lost Larry Ogunjobi, but. I mean, just look at the Cleveland Browns corners, dude. Absolutely stacked. They got Denzel Ward, Troy Hill, Greedy Williams. But and didn't then, he get yeah. up last year? I believe he did, yes. But he was top. I remember everybody saying what a great pick that was last year. I mean, if he comes back healthy, and then you got um, Greg Newsome. I mean, they're stacked. I mean, look at look like look at this defense, dude. You got Miles Garrett. Um, you got Clowney, which I don't know, dude. I don't know about Clowney. Me personally. I mean, he's a great player, but he really hasn't done anything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's tough to say, you know, but. But all it takes is him getting mixed in with the right people, and he just stands out, and it opens up room for him, and he could be outstanding, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I get the Browns hype, you know, so they have a very loaded team. Uh, obviously, the AFC is very competitive. Um, the Chiefs got better this offseason. The Bills have, had a good offseason as well. Um, but I don't I'm, get too excited about the Browns because we all know how they've been. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's still Cleveland. I mean, you know? to be – for the Browns to convince me, they have to have put together two good seasons. I mean, this 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 right here I consider a good season – they put in two more of those in a row. I'm sold that that franchise is turned around. But let's be honest, dude. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns go out there and win five games. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You never know. You know, it's it. It would be a very unfortunate thing because you know, obviously, it's Cleveland. They haven't been very good. I wouldn't mind seeing them succeed. So, I mean, even as a Steeler fan, dude, I want to see the Browns do well. Because I'd rather have the freaking Browns win the division than the Ravens or the Bengals. I mean, I don't know. But I guess we'll find out here pretty soon. I mean, October. I mean, that's not too far away. It'll be coming right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, you know, next thing you know, it'll be football season again. 
absolutely cannot wait. Um, plus, there's preseason this year, too, so we'll see some action from rookies. And I believe that that'll play a big factor in the season as well. You know, uh, those early game reps, not having those, probably did shift the season a lot. A lot of teams came out slow, sluggish, you know. So we'll see. But uh, what, I, what I would like to ask you is, uh, who do you believe would be a sleeper team this year? A team that t- nobody's really expecting much of, but you could see them breaking out. I think the New York Giants. Do you consider them sleeper teams? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot. Obviously, that division's up for grabs, but a lot of t- people would look at the Cowboys and you know Washington as superior teams. But I think the new, I think the Giants have a possibility of going to the wild card, winning, and getting eliminated in the divisional round. I think that's fair. I feel like a lot of that falls on Daniel Jones because they do have a pretty good roster. So Which I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Daniel Jones. I think this year, I mean, what what more can you ask for? The the GM, the coach went out. Got Daniel Jones some weapons. Like, unlike the Green Bay Packers are investing in their quarterback. I feel like he's set up to succeed now. I mean, the only thing that could get a little bit better is that offensive line. But, hell, every team needs a better offensive line, you know? Right. It's it's tough to have a good offensive line. But I feel like the Giants. But one team... Um, what's yours? Then I'll ask you a question. See, that's a tough one for me. Um, I obviously see the Bears. Bears also, but I don't really consider them a sleeping team. I mean, they made the playoffs yeah, last year, right. but I could see them going to the NFC Championship. Well, I feel like a lot of that depends on Justin Fields. So I think I'll, I'll see on that, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I feel a team I really feel like could break out is Carolina, and I feel I like a lot of that. A lot of that depends on Sam Darnold and what Matt Rule can do with him in that offense. Which I'm high on Sam Darnold too. I mean, right. the guy just played with an absolute garbage can of a team, and yeah, had- for for three years. I mean, you know, he had a lot of flaws too. But when you have nothing to work with, I, I mean, you name me one quarterback that could succeed with his best wide receiver out of three years. Is Jamison Crowder and Jamison Crowder is a pretty good player, but when he's your best target, for then three Robbie years. Anderson did, and then they get rid of him. Yeah, and yep. then you have Crowder. Like, but yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm high on these. For some reason, dude, I'm high on these. Uh, even before Darnold got dealt, I'm high on these uh, New York quarterbacks. Former NFL, you know, I mean, I'm high on Darnold and Daniel Jones. I mean, I went out and got a uh, graded Daniel Jones rookie card before all these additions because I think this is going to be his breakout year. Well, we'll see. I mean, he certainly has the talent. Uh, I feel like the turnovers are the only real issue that he faces. He turns the ball over a lot. Yeah. So if you can cut down on those turnovers, maybe you can be – you know, the player that the Giants thought he was taking him six overall in that draft. So, who do you think is a team that's going to be to do uh, disappoint? Hmm. 
me, I, pers- me personally, mine, mine is either going to be, um, it's a hard decision. I want to say the Baltimore Ravens because they lost a lot on that offensive line. And I don't think they really have wide receivers still. And that's been their issue. Like, Lamar Jackson has nobody to throw to. And yeah. I feel like they did not get better at that position. I mean, you have Sammy Watkins, dude. I mean, the guy pretty much has always sucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was decent on Kansas City, but it's pretty hard not to be, you know, at least productive when you got Travis Kelsey and Tyree Hill drawing attention. So, yeah. Because, I mean, on Buff- he was on Buffalo before that, and then the Rams, and then he was on the Rams. The Rams just ended up getting rid of him. I mean, so they have Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins. Their wide receiver number one is Hollywood Brown, which he's a number two receiver, in my opinion. I mean, I just don't. I think their offensive line got worse. They really didn't improve their wide receivers. Their defense is getting really old. Well, Baltimore lost a lot on defense, too, because uh, they ended up losing Judon, who was, like, their best player on defense last year. Maybe besides, like, Mar- Marlon Humphrey's obviously a tremendous corner, but... I mean, they got Derek Wolf, but he was good when he played for the Broncos. I mean... Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't really understand the loss of Matthew Judon, but I... And that brings me to this point. I think the biggest team that's going to disappoint next year is the team that Matthew Judon signed with, and that's New England. Uh, a lot of people expect New England to get back into the playoffs this year. Really? I I, I don't see that happening. Uh, because for one year in a very competitive division now, which is like the first time ever the AFC East has been good outside you know, of New England. You know it's bad whenever freaking the Dolphins are expected to be good this year. Well, I, I think a lot of that falls on Tua. Because, oh, dude, he, he, a debt. Like they're riding him, they're ride or die, dude. Well, I, I mean, you took him fifth overall. I think you like owe him that much. You can't just. No team's just going to give up on a guy after one year. If that was the case, Peyton Manning would have been out of the league probably. Now, do you see Cam Newton finishing the season this year? Or do you see Matt no, Jones? Stepping no, no, I, I don't believe so. I, to me, I feel like the quarterback play is what's going to limit New England again. Um, obviously, they have more weapons this year, but. Cam was not good last year. He was pretty bad. I mean, the only thing he really did was rush for touchdowns. Like, right. But, like, the Patriots are in the same boat as the Eagles and the Ravens. Like, they'd have no receivers at all. Yeah, I mean, they signed uh, Nelson Aguilar, was it? Yeah, and he's your number one guy now. Like, Nelson Aguilar, don't get me wrong, the guy – I believe, turned his career around in Las Vegas. Because he was like, I remember watching them games on like Monday Night Football and stuff. He did do good. I mean, he did better with Las Vegas than he did with the Eagles. But, I don't know. You have Kendrick Bourne, which I knew a lot of 49ers fans were kind of pissed off that they got rid of him. I mean... But you really have no clear-cut number one, and, like, you have a bunch of number threes. Yeah, I mean, because they – well, they also signed Johnny Smith, who's – I mean, that's a good ad, and Hunter yeah. Henry, who's a good ad as well. But 
tight ends only make so much of a difference. You know, your wide receivers have to get that separation. Yeah, and... because when your receivers are tied up, that opens up your tight ends to throw to. Right. I mean, you can obviously, you know, the experts say, you know, the positive of Mac Jones was the fact that he has very good accuracy. His wide receivers had a lot of separation. You know, he had Devonta Smith. Jalen Waddle was hurt for most of the year, so we don't count him. But then he had uh, who else was it? Um, I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head, but he had a lot of separation in a lot of his throws, and I feel like that's not going to be a case this year a lot because when you have Nelson Aguilar, and let me just look at the receiving depth chart here. All right, when when then when you're going to that, people are confident on the Patriots defense also. But my God, dude, look at the Look at the age they got going here. Stephon Gilmore is in his 30s. Devin McCourty, isn't he in his 30s? Mm-hmm. You got Kyle Van Noy. I mean, isn't he in his 30s as well? He might be lower. He's 30, so I won't count him yet. I mean, he's so young. But Stephon Gilmore, dude, 30, like, 30's kind of getting up there for corners, in my opinion. Right. I mean, Richard Sherman kind of just fell off a cliff at a certain point. Remember so. uh, Revis? Yeah, I mean, Revis, Revis fell like off hard. skyrocketed down, dude. He went from the top corner of the league. Yeah, and then Richard Sherman, like, <laughs> he's basically sucks now. Yep. I mean, there's a huge drop-off in corners. I mean, I don't see this Patriots defense being the Patriots defense in the past. Right, I mean, obviously, you know, Bill's still a tremendous coach. You can't argue that. But I feel like the, it's the shaky quarterback play for me that's going to limit them once again. And – the fact that and that might be alleviated if they had better wide receivers, but you have your two outside receivers are probably Kendrick Bourne and Nikhil Harry, and then you have Aguilar in the slaughter, you know, Aguilar in the outside. Which, Warren Nikhil in the Harry's huge bust. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the worst wide receiver busts in, like, recent memory. Um, obviously a late first-round pick, but still. Uh, yeah, still. I mean, let's be honest, dude. They're drafting – wide receivers in the second round that turn out to be outstanding receivers now. Yeah. Like, if you take a receiver in the first round, you want a Justin Jefferson or something, somebody like that. Yeah, you need a difference maker. Did you find that information on Alabama, Alabama yet? Um, I'm not entirely sure what the wide receiver depth chart was like last year, but he had Devonta Smith um, and at the tight end position, it I'd, I'd have to, like, really look at their roster last year. But if you look at Mac Jones' throws, his highlights and everything, he's throwing wide-open guys. I'm not going to criticize him saying, oh, you know, like, obviously throwing deep in the NFL is a lot different than college. A lot of those guys will still get overthrown in the NFL by most NFL quarterbacks. So I'm not going to, like, take that away. But when you got guys that are getting separation and you're hitting them, that's good. But if you're not hitting those tight window throws like you can in the NFL, that, that that's a lot different. And you got guys that really aren't going to get a lot of separation on this team outside of their tight end. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry are their top two receivers at the end of the season. I agree. I mean, who else do they really have to throw with? I think Nelson Aguilar will probably be their third I mean, I, I agree. I bet their tight ends are one and two. I mean, then who else you got? I mean, Bourne and Agler are really the only two of names that stand out to me on that receiving core. 
and they're basically Nelson Aguilar's proven, but Bourne really hasn't proven yet. I mean, he didn't really get much time there in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, they also lost Joe Tooney on their offensive line, who is arguably their best offensive lineman. So uh, they get Trent Brown back, who they ended up trading for, and then they have they got David Andrews back, I believe, and then you have like Isaiah Wynn. So I mean, their offensive line is not bad, but again, to me, the, the quarterback plays is what's going to hinder this team, and we'll see. I if Tua plays good next year with the talent that he has around him, which I think he should. Now, whether he will or not, I don't know. But Yeah, th- but they put a lot of talent around him. I mean, he doesn't have much room to fail. Right, and that defense is very good. They have one of the best defenses in the league. So, But then you also have to think they have Tua, but they also have Jacoby Brissett. Oh, did he sign with Miami? Yes, he did. So they do have a backup option. Because me personally, Brissett is more than capable of of leading that team with all those weapons. Yeah, I think that he could he could he he could be potentially be decent. I mean, like with all the talent that uh Miami has, I mean Yeah, I, I mean, feel you, you like Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, uh Jalen Waddle, and then you have Gasicki and then they took that tight end out of Boston College too. So Yeah, I mean I feel like Jacoby Brissett with all that talent, he basically set up they have a backup plan. Right. And I think that, in my opinion, I think they'll know by about midseason or maybe a little before that whether Tua is their guy. Or Tua is re- ready. I mean, yeah, I would definitely give him, if he turns out to be kind of shaky, I'd give him next year. But after next year, dude, I think it's time to move on. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you give quarterbacks about a three-year window. Um, and if they're not showing you much, then... There's not much you can do after that. But they're putting him in a good position to succeed. Um, they they took Liam Eichenberg in the second round, too, so he's going to get some more protection. I mean, Tua did throw the ball a lot last year. He, he got pulled a lot, too, but on top of that, he was recovering from that hip injury, and he didn't have an offseason. He didn't have preseason. So I don't think it's fair to really just you know write him off like a terrible quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the guy's 23. I think he has about 25 or 26, and then they'll know. I mean, like I said, they do have Jacoby Brissett as a backup option if two ends up absolutely sucking. But uh, do you think Will Fuller will be back? Because I know he is suspended. Yeah, he's suspended for the first four games or two games a year. I'm not entirely sure, but um, that speed, they have a lot of speed. Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller. And then you have a good tight end. That that team has weapons, so we'll see. We'll see what comes down to Tua, and you know if how's he's their off- guy. How's their offensive line? It, it's a little shaky. I mean, they took Austin Jackson, the left tackle out of USC, in the first last year. He had a pretty rough rookie year, from my understanding. Um, their interior offensive line has some questions too. But then they take Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame in the second round to probably be their right tackle. So we'll see about them. No, I, yeah, I just pulled it up. Their defense is pretty stacked. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. And on top of that, their defense is getting a little bit better because they took uh, Javon Holland in the second round. Jason Forty joined uh, Miami. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then they have uh, they took Jalen Phillips 
in the first round as well, who could be like a difference maker on the pass rush for them as well. So we'll see. Yeah, they definitely have talent. I mean, because if you look at when Jalen Phillips was coming out of high school, he was being recruited with Chase Young as like the best defensive end in that class. Um, he had to medically retire because he got hit by a car or something, I believe. But, you know, he ended up coming back and having a tremendous year for UCLA. So hopefully he can, you know, bounce back and stay injury free and be a real difference maker for Miami. I think that's about it. I mean, I think we covered basically all the teams. Yeah, I mean, it's been a hectic offseason for sure. So, we'll see how this all plans out. And so, how long ahead. do you think uh, it will take for uh, Joe Burrow to suffer his second torn ACL? Uh, I don't think it's going to be very long until he gets hurt again. I mean... They ended up signing uh, Riley Reef, I think, to be their other tackle. And Reef is not a very good tackle. He's okay. But in my opinion, Panay Sewell was always the right pick. And obviously, Jamar Chase. I feel like Joe Burrow probably had a little influence on that pick. But you got to protect him. I mean, when he was healthy last year, he was a good good quarterback. You know, I think he showed flashes that he could be the future. But he can't be your future if he's always hurt because you're not protecting him. Yeah, in my opinion, I think uh, the Bengals are in the same boat as Detroit. They're probably over five years from even being talked about. That's if they build it right. Which... Well, I, a lot of that depends on them keeping Burrow upright because he was he was a good quarterback last year when he was healthy. Like he had a good rookie year when he was healthy. But that's the thing is when is he going to be healthy? Not every guy can withstand getting hit 50, 60 times a year, especially when he's not the biggest guy. It's a little different when you have a guy like Cam Newton or Ben who's 6'5", 240. Yeah, he can take it a little bit. <coughs> but it's definitely going to be interesting this year. Yeah, I mean, a very interesting offseason. Very hectic, so we'll see what happens, but I'm very excited for football to come back. Yeah, maybe uh, this season we can run a uh, podcast every weekly after all the games are done, and we can review each team. Yeah, I think that that's a. I think that's a good idea, and I think we'll definitely roll with that. Obviously, this is the first podcast ever from us, so yeah. many more to come. Yep. Probably going to be a weekly thing. <clears throat> but uh, I think that's about all I have to cover tonight. Yeah, I mean, not much more to cover than this. Uh, obviously, about this time is when the NFL starts getting pretty slow. And up until about August, we have time to talk about stuff. But there's still trades and stuff that could go down and everything else. So. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. If you made it all the way through, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it. So, yeah. 
signing off, and we'll see you next week. Yep, see ya.